0: I'm Dalton Dale, music enthusiast on a mission to learn about my favorite genre, heavy metal. Join me as I listen through and learn about the history of heavy metal music. We'll be talking about bands, albums, songs, and historical events that helped create the metal music genre as we know it today. This is The Hevolution Podcast. Hey everyone, Dalton here. Welcome to this week's episode of the Hevolution Podcast. I just wanted to give a quick uh, note here before we got started. I jumped into editing this week and apparently my internet connection was trash while I was recording this week's episode. All the audio sounds great, uh, but if you are used to watching this on video, just be aware. You're going to see a lot of little dips in Uh, synchronization between the audio and the video. I apologize for that. I'm still working out some kinks. I'm pretty new and I'm doing this all myself. I appreciate your patience. Just want to give you a quick heads up before we jump in. Uh, Thanks again as always and I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to the Hevolution Podcast. I am your host, Dalton Dale. Excited to be here with you guys today. It's a really hot day outside. It's gross. I'm inside. I'm hanging out. And keeping cool and I hope you guys are doing the same. Uh it's been a really good week this week. Football is back, baby. I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. Really excited for the season. Don't you worry, for those of you out there thinking, oh, he probably got on the Chiefs bandwagon when Mahomes started. I didn't. I've been watching football, specifically Chiefs football, since the Matt Castle years. And it was painful and it was brutal. But here we are. We've got Mahomes, we've got Andy Reid, and we've got a whole stellar cast around them. I'm excited for it to be back. Uh, Fantasy football is also around the corner for it. And then not too long after that, hockey season will start. And it's just, it's going to be good. I'm excited. It's been good. This week, I've been heavily promoting last week's episode. I hope you guys have checked it out. It was a super good one. I had the chance to sit down with a friend of mine's son, Jensen, and talk about his project Hellraiser. And we just chatted about guitar and what got him started and a little bit about Stranger Things and bands that inspire him. It was a really good interview. I hope you'll go check it out. Uh, leave some feedback. Check out, uh, Check it out and post about it on Facebook. Tell all your friends. You know, like that Taking Back Sunday song. And will you tell all your friends? That's... Probably about as good as Adam sings it these days, at least from the videos I've seen. So anyways, tell everybody about it. Go check it out. Make sure to subscribe. I, uh, you know, really appreciate everything that I've gotten so far. I'm up to 19 subscribers on Spotify. Specifically, I don't have great means of accessing What my counts are like on other platforms, uh, but we're up to almost 150 listens uh, across all platforms, which absolutely blows my mind. So thank you so much. I, I, I say this every single week, but I'm incredibly grateful for everybody who tunes in and everybody who shares or likes or comments or gives any kind of interaction. All of those things matter. They are all really important to this process, and I just appreciate every, every bit of love that you guys are sharing. And uh, I've had no hate, so that's good. I'm glad for that. I'm uh, thankful, thankful for that. Give you guys a quick update on where we are. I started this journey, I say this a lot, but I started this journey just trying to learn about the history of heavy metal. I'm going to continue that journey. And making my way through a book called Sound of the Beast, The Complete Headbanging History of Heavy Metal. If you are a music fan, in particular a heavy metal fan, I would highly encourage you to check out that book. It's by Ian Christie, uh, Bazillion Points Publishing. You can go check it out. Uh, not sponsored by them or anything like that at all. I, I just think it's a great book, and I think Ian is incredibly knowledgeable about all things heavy metal. And it is very worth the read. If you are interested in the early days and where it all started and how it developed over time, it's, it's been such a fun read. So I'm reading through that. And while I've been a music fanatic for as long as I can remember, I mean, going back to early, you know, elementary and beyond, and then I started getting into heavier stuff, I would say probably, you know, sixth grade into junior high I was introduced to Linkin Park and some of the new metal that was popular at the time and got into you know Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, which introduced me to a lot of punk and hardcore as well as uh, old school heavy metal a little bit. I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock and classic metal with my dad. It was a lot of what he introduced me to. All of those things just kind of conglomerated into making me a music fanatic that I am today. And although I've been influenced by all of those things, I've been heavily involved in all of those things, I have never taken the time prior to now to really go back and understand the roots of this stuff, to understand the bands that I'm listening to, some of the bands that are my favorite bands, what inspired them, what what was it that they heard that got them interested into heavy music. And one of my favorite bands, my favorite band of all time, Under Oath, their keyboardist, one of his favorite albums of all time is is Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. And, And I've never listened to any of that. So, you know, I am really fascinated by what bands are inspired by who I'm listening to for this podcast. And then going back and, and listening to those bands talk about these early metal bands, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Motorhead, Black Sabbath, Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer, you know Exodus, all uh, Saxon, all of these guys. Venom is another one. I mean, all of these bands were bands that ended up inspiring the bands that I love and the bands that I've gotten introduced to and grown up with. And this is a way for me to explore that history, to get a better understanding of it, and just make myself be more involved with heavy metal as a whole. It's been a super fun process. I've learned so much. I'm I'm starting to get to where I can hear the connection between the older metal and the newer metal. I, I was listening to some music today. And a Knocked Loose song came on, and there's this riff that played, and it reminded me so much of a riff that I heard on this week's album that I listened to, and that I, I'm starting to build those connections, and I'm starting to hear all of that, and I just feel like that's such a n- neat way to connect with the music that I listen to on a daily basis, and it's been a lot of fun, and, and I'm really enjoying it. Where. In the early 1980s still, we've got a really long timeline to go through, and I think from here forward, things are going to really slow down a little bit in terms of what I'm listening to for these different time periods. I have already not listened to a ton of albums and bands that were influential and impactful in some way. There's already a lot of stuff that I've skipped, just for the sake of continuing to to move this thing forward and find my voice and sort of find my niche and what I'm trying to accomplish here with this podcast. But I think the primary goal is to just share at a base level the history of this style of music for people who are invested and are like me that don't know or understand that history. Or maybe it's people who just enjoy historical conversation about any kind of topic, or maybe it's people who aren't interested in heavy metal at all, but are curious about its roots, curious about why it got so popular, whatever that reason is that you're listening. Um, I hope that I'm able to kind of fill some of those gaps and give a base level. I'm not an expert here. I am, I'm learning all of this for the first time and I'm just sharing my findings, I'm sharing what I'm learning, and I'm sharing my thoughts and opinions along the way, and I'm grateful to have a platform to do that. I hope that as I continue to grow and as I continue to learn, that I'll be able to go back and I'll be able to revisit some things. You know, This week I was listening to um, the album that we're going to talk about today, and a band got mentioned as an early pioneer of thrash metal that I haven't listened to at all. And had put out albums before what we're talking about today. And so I already know there's going to be things that I'm going to have to go backwards and check out. I'm going to have to go back in the timeline and, and listen to some things to kind of connect the whole way through. So eventually we'll get out of a more chronological format. And I'll be bouncing around a little bit. But the main goal is to really take us from where everything started which predominantly most people suggest is Black Sabbath in the Black Sabbath album. There's a lot of arguments for Led Zeppelin and you know the Rolling Stones and things like that, but predominantly the widely agreed on starting point for heavy metal is Black Sabbath and work my way forward out of that 1970 album and into the 80s as we cover speed, thrash, power, video, metal, all of those that come out, then, you know, as we get in through the mid 80s, we'll start tucking into black metal, death metal, some of those other styles and sounds that were being developed in Europe, as they were moving out of you know, they were taking steps out of the new wave of British heavy metal and kind of going in a, in a different direction than America. America took on some of new wave of British heavy metal sounds and styles and turned it into their own thing, but it stayed predominantly it stayed quite a bit uh, lighter in sound and a little more true to traditional heavy metal sound uh, until you get to the mid-'80s when some more extreme vocals get introduced through bands like Slayer and Anthrax and some of those. And then it starts to kind of branch off from there. And, of course, at that point, too, some of those sounds that were heavier, that were darker themed, that were darker sounding, um, even even satanic in some ways, will make their way over to the States and start to impact music that way. And, you know, things are really going to start to split and branch into the different subgenres that heavy metal becomes as we work our way through the 80s. So, uh yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and we'll continue on that timeline. And I'll continue to just share share what I learned with you guys, and you can learn along with me, and and uh, listen along with me. And, and hopefully, maybe there'll be some albums that I'm listening to that I share some some thoughts on, and. Maybe it's an album you've listened to that you'll think about a little bit differently or you'll hear something differently than what I hear. Share those thoughts. Share those opinions. Follow me on Facebook, and, and let's start a conversation about that. I'm really big on getting insight from people who uh, have been into this for a long time, or uh, you know, oftentimes I'll talk about conversations with my dad who grew up with this and remembers a lot about just hearing this stuff for the first time. And I'm really big on that because it really helps give me a lot of different perspective about this style of music and about the bands that impacted that style of music and how it impacted different people individually. I think that's something that is so critical and key with music in general is how it impacts people individually. It's an art, it's an art form. And everybody's going to see and feel things a little bit differently as it relates to this art form. And for me, that's why I've gravitated toward heavy metal as a whole growing up is in my opinion, it carries some of the best emotion. It it holds and 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 talks about some of the most uh important topics of the world. Uh in, in some cases, obviously not every case, there's exceptions to that, but by and large, to me it's it's a music that is more emotionally charged for me. And I think that that's why I'm drawn towards it more, is it I'm able to feel a a deeper connection to it than most of your more popular music. That's not to say I don't get down to some T-Swift. That's not to say I don't enjoy some of those radio hits. They're a lot of fun, and and they're catchy for a reason. I just listen to this, and I'm drawn to heavy metal more because of its emotional connection that it has. Let's... uh, I'm going to take a break and pause for a little bit of an ad, we'll call it, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Sick Haircut. I uh, went down to my boy, Mike, down at Lost Boys Barber Company, got a haircut today. Uh, For those of you not watching video, it's beautiful. You just have to take my word for it. Thank you Mike for the slick cut. Appreciate it. Told you I'd give you a shout out today. So here it is. Hope you're listening. Everybody, if you live in this area, Branson, Springfield area, go check out Lost Boys Barber Company. If you're traveling through, you need a haircut. All the guys there, they're awesome. Super great vibe. I've been going to Mike now for about five, maybe six years, uh, since he opened the shop down there and recently moved to a new location. It's great. Check it out. Lost Boys Barber Company, uh, I'm not being paid for this. Actually, I paid for my haircut. So Uh, I guess it's not really uh, brought to you by this. I'm just, you know, this is just my own thing. Anyways, Lost Boys Barber Company, check it out. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. I told my barber today I was going to do a a faux advertisement, Uh, you know, just trying to make this thing sound legit, right? You know? When you're listening to the podcast and you got ads read by the host, hey, that's, that's all I'm trying to do here. So hope you enjoyed that. Uh, go check out my buddy Mike and his team down at Lost Boys if you're in this area and uh, get yourself a cut, get yourself a beard trim, whatever that is. Uh, support them. He runs a rad business and check it out. This week, we are jumping into a band that I have been looking forward to getting into for quite some time. I have talked about this band multiple times on the podcast, in my TikTok series. I've even covered one of their songs from a previous compilation album that we listened to, and I have been ready to get to this moment in time for a long time since I started this thing, because while I may not like this band, I have always stated that I know, I appreciate, and I understand their impact on heavy metal music as we know it today. This is a band that has been heavily influential into many of the bands that I listen to. It is a band that has made its way through pop culture in so many ways, in various forms, controversy, documentaries, Uh, just their music as a whole. It has bled into so many walks of life because of where it's played, how it's played, all of those things. And you cannot argue, I I don't care who you are. You can dislike the band. You cannot appreciate their sound, not appreciate their style, but you cannot argue with the amount of influence that this band has had on heavy metal music as a whole. Metallica. I Again, I've said it a lot. I don't particularly care for Metallica. I never have. Some of my friends love this, like, it's their favorite band of all time, and they just, they don't get it, they don't understand why I don't care for them. I, again, I have always said that I recognize their contribution to heavy metal music, and listening to this week's album, I can hear it, like, I can hear it so, so well. I've always been able to acknowledge it because I just knew, but I've never listened to a ton of their discography beyond some of their hits and anytime I would tune into any of it, I was immediately turned off by either Lars's drumming or James's vocals. And that's what's made it hard for me to ever really listen to and get into Metallica. After this week's listen, I'm not going to just be jumping into and and, and you know diving into all of Metallica's discography. But I have an even better understanding now, after listening to this album, why they were so influential. I could hear it for myself what it was that they were doing that was so impactful to the heavy metal community in 1983 when their first full-length Kill em All was put out that's what we're talking this week that's what i've been listening to and i'm excited to jump in and talk about this and share some of my thoughts on it so let's just start from the beginning metallica lars ulrich james hetfield kirk Hammett, cliff burton these are the four guys that wrote and recorded this album some writing credits go to dave Mustaine. we'll talk about that in a little bit they were formed in 1981 in the la area lars ulrich is the predominant Original member followed by James Hetfield. Lars wanted to start a band. He uh, had moved there, uh, you know, moved to LA and wanted to start a band. Eventually, after they got the uh, the original members, they moved up to San Francisco and ultimately ended up bringing on the Bay Area Thrash movement. This band has sold so many albums. They are arguably the number one metal band of all time. And I don't know that there's a band, heavy metal band, bigger than this. And that's factoring in bands like Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, ACDC, KISS. I I don't think that any of those guys even come close to what Metallica does, has done, and honestly will keep doing. They just put out a new album this year, and I... We'll be interested to see when it stops. But they came on the scene in 1981, and without realizing it, they were going to change heavy metal music forever. So let's jump in. I'm going to hit you with some quick hits. Number one, Lars and his family are originally from Denmark. Uh, he w- moved to the States, or his family moved to the States when he was a teenager in high school, and he was a tennis player. His f- parents were tennis players. He actually came to the States and started training professionally uh, to be a tennis player and discovered heavy metal music, new wave of British heavy metal, went to some concerts and changed his life forever. He gave up tennis at that point in favor of learning how to play drums. And I think he's still learning. (laughs) I I am, I'm not the only drummer that feels this way. I'm not even the only musician or only person that feels this way. I, Lars is a big reason why I've been so turned off by Metallica for so long. His drumming is so simplistic to the point that it's boring and monotonous for me. This is my opinion. I actually even read an article about, Uh, another drummer talking about how much he respects Lars and how much he admonishes people who, who talk shit on Lars because he knows and understands how impactful Lars is to Metallica. After reading about Metallica, after learning and reading interviews and spending some time digging into this band and their background, I completely agree. I don't like his drumming. But Lars is a fundamental piece to Metallica. You take Lars away, you take Hetfield away, and Metallica no longer is Metallica. They both co-write pretty much everything together, and Lars in particular was the driving creative force behind the band even getting started. So for anybody out there that loves Metallica and hates Lars Ulrich, give him credit where credit's due. He... Metallica would not exist if it was not for Lars. And again, that comes from somebody who has always stated very bluntly that I just think his drumming is terrible. He's he's smart. He knows drums very, very well. I watched a video of him the other day on the Howard Stern Show explaining, Howard had asked him a question about What's the most difficult songs to play? And Lars had started to explain that there are songs that are physically difficult and then songs that are mentally difficult and started to explain why the mental challenge comes in some of those songs. And so he he understands it. He understands the fundamentals. And I think what he lacks in technicality in his playing style, I think he makes up for in creative uh, force that he brings to the band. Quick hit number two, Dave Mustaine. I mentioned this uh, a bit ago. He has some writing credits to about four songs on this album. Dave Mustaine was the original guitarist for Metallica along with James. Dave eventually was kicked out of the band about a week before this album was recorded, uh, it's a very notorious story. If you are familiar with the band at all, I didn't learn it until probably until I covered uh, the the song "Hit the Lights" from this album, which was featured. It's their first recorded song, and it was featured on Metal Massacre. You can go back to my TikTok page and check out my whole video on that. I did a, a side gig with uh, my friend Bobby. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but we talked about Metallica and "Hit the Lights," and um, you know Dave have uh, you know, was, was in the band and he got kicked out a week before this was recorded. He had a severe drinking problem and it was causing a lot of problems within the band. So the band bought him a bus ticket. They packed up all of his things when he didn't realize it and gave them to him the next morning and put him on a bus and said, go home. It, you can go look it up. Just go Google Dave Mustaine, Metallica. You can learn all about it, all the details, hear all their opinions. It's a big feud back and forth. Sometimes they say everything's fine. There's no hard feelings. And other times it's not that case. Not the, yeah, it's just not that way. So hard to know where feelings actually lie with all of that, but it is a thing that happened. Uh He went on, Dave Massain went on to form another massive band to the heavy metal community, albeit not as massive as Metallica, but he formed Megadeth and is still performing with Megadeth to this day. Megadeth ultimately becomes what's referred to as one of the big four. Uh, For those of you that aren't familiar with what that is, the big four are uh, bands that are credited and attributed to helping birth multiple genres of heavy metal music, and that's Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. So needless to say, Dave Mustaine is a critical piece to heavy metal history as well. He ended up being replaced by Kirk Hammett, who still plays with Metallica, but Kirk was the former guitarist of Exodus, and that is the man I mentioned earlier when I was talking about listening to this band and learning about Exodus as being who a a lot of people give credit to founding Thrash Metal prior to Metallica even coming out, and I've never listened to any of their stuff. So that's a band I'm going to have to add to my list and go check out at some point. Quick hit number three, and then we'll dig into the meat and potatoes of the album. This album was released July 25th, 1983. It was originally titled Metal Up Your Ass, (laughs) which is a hilarious album title to me. in in general because it's so on the nose but also kind of like ah, I don't i e- I can't even figure out the <laughs> I can't even figure out the words for it. It's just it's a bold choice. I'll just say that. They uh ended up having to change it because the album cover featured a hand coming out of a toilet wielding a dagger. Metal up your ass, right? And pretty much every distributor was just like, no, absolutely not. We're not putting that album out. Uh, cover, title, all of it not happening. So the record management company or their management and record company that they were signed with it, you know, kind of said, hey, look, you're going to be able to put this album out, but we got to change the name. We got to change the album artwork. I read somewhere that uh, that album artwork ended up making its way onto a T-shirt at some point and became one of their most popular T-shirts of all time. So I think it lives on somewhere. Uh, but ultimately, they resulted in "Kill 'Em All," which uh, was a name uh, credited to Cliff Burton, their bassist at the time, and um, that's what they stuck with. They changed the album artwork. It's it's you know still has a heavy metal vibe to it, but it's definitely not quite as on the nose as that one. So, uh, I'm going to take another quick little break here and, uh, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by convincing my three dogs to stay quiet in the bedroom for 45 minutes while I record this. It's a tough challenge, but, uh, get a little bit of help from my wife and it definitely requires patience, uh, some skillful editing, and uh, momentary pauses filled with clickety-clacks all across the floor. So uh, here's to them being quiet for the next 45 minutes while I record. Let's jump into the album, "Kill 'Em All, Metallica, 1983. Uh, th- you can tell when you listen to this album that they were very heavily inspired by all of the bands doing heavy metal before them. You can hear it in the riffs, you can hear it in the playing style, you can hear it in the overall tonality of the guitars, uh, everything. It's it, this is a, you know, they were a really young band at the time. I think, you know, I think Lars was maybe 16 whenever he originally started to go through and, and put the band together. And so, I mean, these are, I mean, this is a, a high school band basically, if not high school, early college. And, you know, when you're a young musician, Most young musicians are not out here developing their own play styles. They're, you know, they're learning from the bands that came before them. And I talked about this when I covered the song hit the lights, but Metallica originally started as, as basically a diamond head cover band. I covered diamond heads album lightning to the nations and you can hear it. Metallica has done and recorded multiple covers of diamond head. And so That's just the case for a lot of young musicians, right? They start out by, you know, learning the songs of the bands that they enjoy because they're inspired by that. And then as they work and they develop and they hone their craft and they, you know, get better with their instrument, that's when they start kind of laying down their own sound. We talked about it last week when I was talking with Jensen about this, where right now he's learning a lot of Metallica songs, you know, and that's one of his favorite bands and and that's what's inspiring him to write and play music. And so, you know, as he gets better and as he hones his craft, he'll develop his own sound and his own style. And I think that's very much the case for Metallica. Now what sets Metallica apart and what makes them different is that while they were taking a lot of sounds from new wave of British heavy metal, Priest, Motorhead, Sabbath, Maiden, Diamondhead, all of those guys, They were focused on trying to do it differently than most American bands were doing at the time. We talked about this as we hit new, you know, early American heavy metal with, you know, Van Halen and, uh, you know, some Quiet Riot and those bands but they were taking new wave of british heavy metal and putting their own spin on it but a lot of it stayed relatively similar to new wave of british heavy metal in that it was very clean sounding there you know is a pretty is a decent tempo but it wasn't crazy fast it was catchy you know the riffs were very melodic the singing was very melodic and overall it was just a, a nice you know a nice sound there wasn't anything to it that was extremely harsh and i think that is what separates and starts to separate metallica from everybody else they took more of a motorhead approach and you know what i mean by that is how fast can we go how you know hetfield's vocals are are pretty gruff and, and, and throaty compared to you know the singers of new wave of british heavy metal and early american metal so you know I read an interview from Lars where, you know, he had talked about that they wanted to take and do what, you know, New Wave of British Heavy Metal was doing where it was a lot of dual guitars and, you know, a lot of a lot of harmonic guitars and and things like that where American was really single guitar focused and a little bit of a warmer sound to it. They wanted to take some of those elements, but they wanted to still do something different than what a lot of the Los Angeles and New York bands were doing at the time in the States. Going through and listening to the album, musically... I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, and found myself coming back to certain riffs. Found myself coming back to certain parts of songs, and even today, as I was listening to it prior to recording, I was going through, and, and there's parts of it that just they stuck with me. So I'll, I'll give them that credit. In that, you know, I, again, historically, I haven't always loved Metallica, but I have to hand it to them, and that this album was really pretty good. I think that overall, it really pushes the boundaries for what heavy metal music was doing at the time. And it was, again, as I said earlier, it was so easy to hear why this band became what they became, why it ended up being so influential, and why they ended up having the impact that they had on heavy metal as a whole. It opens up with the song Hit the Lights. I, again, covered this song whenever I cover Metal Massacre Volume 1. It was a compilation album put together by Rob Quintana, who really effectively discovered Metallica and helped give them a platform to stand on and, and go from there. So uh, thank you, Rob, for that, because there's a lot of bands that would not exist if it wasn't for Metallica. Um it is fast it's furious it's full of passion and it's about who they were as a band and what they were setting out to do you know you go read interviews and lars and james i mean (laughs) this is lars own quote here so this is not me trying to dog on them but he's you know we were nerdy kids we were just a couple of outsiders who were just trying to find our way in the world we you know, he said, we didn't set out to make heavy metal and rock music to, to get girls and attention. We, this was just an outlet for us to, to, you know, express ourselves. And, you know, he even talks about that as it relates to the lyrics that they write. Metallica ended up writing things that were a little bit more emotionally charged than a lot of what was coming out at that point. You know, he talks about some of the lyrics of early, early demos for, for songs on this album were, you know inspired a little bit more by Dave Mustaine, who was a little bit more uh of the the type of person predominant coming into the eighties where, you know, it was a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll as far as themes for, you know, the the music. But you know, Lars said that they wanted to get away from some of what heavy metal was doing at the time lyrically. And that was, again, very sex focused, or it was about the rock and roll lifestyle, or it was sort of, uh, you know, fantastical imagery, like, you know, wizards and dragons and magic and and things of that nature, which, you know, coincided with sort of the, the the Dungeons and Dragons movement as well that happened in the 80s. And they wanted to kind of move away from some of that. And I think that's where, you know, as you dig into some of their stuff, you you get a lot of songs that are a lot more uh, poetic in certain ways and maybe even a little bit more politically charged. Uh, there's a couple songs on this album that are, are talking about war, and it's just talking about the use of – of that your average Joe in in war and how unfair that is and and in some of those things. So Hetfield definitely you know made his way by doing things a little bit differently lyrically than what was popular at the time. As you move through the album, you know it the whole thing really just stays fast and furious. Um, the Four Horsemen comes up next. It's one of their more popular songs, especially from this album. That was one that Dave Mustaine helped co-write. And you can hear the play style and eventually Mustaine, I think, took some of the original writing for this and made another song out of it for Megadeth. And this uh, this song as a whole, the structure is quite long. And that was another piece that, you know, that the band talked about where. Uh, Cliff brought a different element to the band in terms of what kind of music he listened to and was inspired to. And they would go listen to artists that were not doing heavy metal and try to take elements from that that they enjoyed. And some of that was just longer songs that sort of spanned and covered a lot of different territory rather than, you know, just sticking to one riff and verse, chorus, verse, chorus out and you're done they wanted to do something a little bit different and four horsemen does that i mean the riff changes completely as you get you know two-thirds of the way through the song Uh, they often refer to themselves as power metal but you know i think this band this album is a very good jumping off point of what will become speed thrash power That you know all of those subgenres that kind of come out in in the '80s. This album carries a lot of elements that you know end up making their way into all of those styles and subgenres. Moves into a song called Motor Breath. I'm not going to cover every track here. These are just some of my my highlight my notes, but. Uh, Motor Breath caught my attention, particularly in how punk-derived it sounds, very late 70s punk music, and uh, coincidentally sounds very similar to something Motorhead would write. Uh, the name motor Breath is uh, a coincidence uh, according to the band but um, the you know the the overall sound and style of it it's it's riffing and, and sound it's just it very much reminds me of that late 70s punk which and then combining the heavier elements of of heavy metal which you know is a big part of what motorhead was doing when they put out overkill and ace of spades and things like that so again just you know these are young musicians who are inspired by the bands before them and they're just trying to write stuff that they think sounds cool that you know that 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 makes them feel a certain way and ultimately you're you're just going to hear others of those bands come out through that playing as early in their musicianship as this was it you know it goes on to there's a track called anesthesia and this is one that I for sure wanted to hit because Um, It is such a callback. It is just a bass solo jam session. And as soon as I heard it, I immediately thought Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath album and the track basically from that album. It's just a geezer butler bass solo. And that's 100% what this is. It's just Cliff laying down a bass solo. He's got some good distortion on it. And it's just groovy. You can hear who Cliff was inspired. Uh, Cliff was not a metal guy. In fact, early pictures of the band, of him with the band, is this long-haired hippie-looking dude compared to the rest of the guys, and he, you know, listened to things more like Simon and Garfunkel and, uh, you know, S- Leonard Skinner and the Eagles, a lot of that seventies rock and and that style of music, and he was also more classically trained as a musician, so he just understood music a little bit differently than the rest of these guys, where Lars was self-taught and Hetfield was self-taught. They, you know, didn't have the, the more standardized training that Cliff had. And, and you can hear that in this bass solo. It's just him riffing away, laying it down. And it's a, very much a callback to that track from that Black Sabbath album. Again, just a young band taking things that they've heard and being inspired by it and trying to do something a little bit differently. That's, to me, that's the theme of this whole album. This is just a young band coming onto the heavy metal scene and saying, we're going to put our mark on this. We're going to do something different, and let's see how it pans out. You know, They didn't plan on having a ton of crazy success. They didn't plan on becoming this like multi-platinum record-selling band, arguably the biggest heavy metal band of all time. They just set out to make a record that was awesome for them. And I really think they hit it on the head. There's so many good tracks on this. Again, all of which you just listen to and you can hear why they ended up accomplishing what they ended up accomplishing. You can hear why they ended up being as big as they are. There's just so much to this that I feel like sets them apart from, you know, the sound and the style to the playing capability. I mean, even if you don't feel like Lars is a good drummer or it, it, you know, so for me, it's, I I don't love Lars's drumming and I don't care for Hetfield's vocals. Those are the two things that kind of turn me off the most about this band. Musically though, I've thoroughly enjoyed this album. Uh, you go from the opener as, as fast paced as it is to hit the lights into the four horsemen. It's just riffy and, um, ends up having in the, in the back third of the song, it has this riff that's a little bit more like palm muted. And you can kind of hear a little bit more of, uh, of, of that sound play out into more modern metal music. And what I was talking about earlier is Knock Loose, I, you know, found out their guitarist, Metallica, his number one favorite band of all time. And so you can hear that. Then Anesthesia with this bass solo, and it goes into Phantom Lord, which is very new wave of British heavy metal sounding. And then kind of rounds out the album with Seek and Destroy, which uh, I read is their, like, they've played that song like some uh, some ridiculous number of times because they played it in almost every live concert that they've ever played and that was one of the early Metallica tracks that I ever remember hearing on Tony Ox Pro Skater was Seeking Destroy so for me even there was once I got to that track there was a bit of nostalgia there and so again overall I, I really enjoyed listening to the album uh, you know am I a Metallica convert no not really but it was easy to listen to this album and hear and understand why they ended up having the impact they have and you know what it was that they were doing and how much it impacted heavy metal music as we know it today released july 25th 1983 uh it's 40 years old now (laughs) Which, you know, uh, I think that there's tracks on that album that really hold up over time. And Metallica is a band that we will uh, come back and, and revisit through, you know, through this whole process because they are notorious for having shifted and changed their style. There was a whole big deal of when they all cut their hair, you know, oh man, you know and it just they have done a good job at trying to continue to make themselves relevant. And sometimes that hits and sometimes it doesn't. And so we will come back to these guys quite a bit. Let's close out today with what I'm listening to this week. I had dropped a little post on my Facebook page earlier this week about this, but this has been in my ear since it dropped. It's a new song by The Plot in You. It's called Forgotten. This song is brutally heavy and not just musically it's heavy musically but it is heavy lyrically as well it seems to me i haven't had a chance to see if landon the vocalist has talked about it at all but it seems to me to be a song about drug addiction and the impacts that that can have on a person's life and it sounds to me like it's had impact on landon's life personally from the way the lyrics are written and I can just feel the hurt and I can feel the pain through the whole song. And it's just so good. It is so well written. I, I already really love Landon. If, if you've never listened to The Plot and You, they modern metalcore band or whatever genre you want to call it these days. Um, they put out an album where I really got into them was Dispose, which goes on my list of top 10 albums unskippable. every song on that album just absolutely slaps or slays as my 13 year old would say. (laughs) But uh, Landon is a very emotional writer. And in this song, he does bring the absolute heat with emotion and pain and anguish and fury. And it's just so, so, so good. I said I would talk about it on this week's podcast and and here I am. That's that's what I've been listening to this week. So, tell me what you're listening to on my Facebook page. Drop it over. Send me a message on Facebook uh, as well if you want to share some of what you're listening to. I'd really appreciate it. As always, uh, find me on social. You can find me on Facebook, The Evolution Podcast. You can find me on TikTok, Evolution Pod. Uh, Follow, like, subscribe uh, on any platform that you listen to podcasts. Uh, I've got videos on YouTube as well. And uh, if you do listen, please make sure to leave a five-star review, even if you hate it. If you hate it, leave five stars and tell me how much you hated it. If you love it, leave five stars and tell me how much you love it. I would really appreciate it. It means a whole lot. It's really critical to new podcasts. I say this at the end of every podcast, but as well, if you'd like to support the podcast in any kind of way financially, there's a link on the Spotify page where you can do that. I appreciate all of you guys. I hope you have a great week. It's going to be in the hundreds all of this next week. So excuse me while I crawl into a hole and be miserable for the next week. I hope it's better weather where you are, and I hope you enjoy listening to Metallica. Go check out Forgotten by the Plot and You. Have an awesome week. We will see you next time.